So, so, so when I, I'm thinking hustle, it's like. So if I had to word association, activist hustle. I think activism is just taking a stand. People um, of color, minorities, existing as themselves fully and embracing the. If you don't, that, you hustle to get something that like is not on the road. Is always a light at the end of the day. When you're a hustler, you just make it happen. Set action every day. Hey listeners of The Activist Hustle, it's Lena. I'm interrupting our off-season because we wanted to share something new from The Activist Hustle team. Um, It has been quite a year, especially in the world of activism, and as 2018 is coming to an end, the team and I have been very busy working on season two. We thought, though, before jumping into 2019 and launching season two, we would take a pause and reflect back on this year um, personally and also with what's been happening around the world. So we thought we would take this break between seasons to share some of our thinking. I'm about to talk about my end of the year reflections, both broadly and more specifically in my life as an activist. And I'll also share some activist resolutions for 2019. Make sure you listen all the way to the end for more resolutions from some very special people. Hey everyone, so thanks for tuning in to our episode, our interim episodes of the Activist Hustle. Um, I'm going to start off a little bit with a year in review, Activist Hustle style for myself. Um, When I think back to 2018, I think it was a year of organizing, and I think it was, um, given our political climate and given everything that's going on in the world, I think it was a very important year for activists uh, across all sectors. So I'm just going to highlight four events that happened this year um, and then go into my reflections. So my first item in the year in review is the Parkland shooting. So this was a high school shooting that happened in Florida. Um, 17 people were left dead. This is particularly important because it then sparked the Parkland movement, which was a movement of teenagers, high schoolers, calling for gun legislation, um, regulations, and voter registration, which I'll go into a little bit more later. The second activist hustle uh, or activist year in review item that I want to touch on is the Trump administration family separation policy. Um, And I'm sure that you've heard about it by hearing people say, uh, you know, families need to stick together, keep families together at the border. Um, Along the lines of that also goes the movements that come with immigration. So not just the separation of families, but also the different bills that have tried to be passed, um, trying to change our immigration laws and the caravan that is actually now at our border. The third point is the war that is happening in Yemen. I think that we often don't talk about how U.S. aid or U.S. money contributes to war and um, humanitarian crisis that is caused by those wars. Uh, So I think that that's going to be my third one. And my fourth and final point of my year in review 
activist hustle style is highlighting two women who have I, who are very close to my heart because they're close to my location, um, which are Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ayanna Presley. Um, and I think that that highlights for us, again, how 2018 was a big year in organizing and mobilizing as people um, who care about different causes. So let's jump in. So the first item I'm going to touch on is the Parkland shootings. We live in a time where, unfortunately, and very sadly, school shootings is something that is on the news constantly. This has brought up, like I said earlier, debate about what regulation should look like. But what it also does is it sparks the argument of protecting um, our Bill of Rights and essentially just like our right to be able to have a gun. Um, and then the argument comes up of like, okay, well, what kind of gun should people have? Like, should people be walking around with rifles or automatic pistols? Or should we just keep guns to police officers? Or should we just... So guns have been a big part of the makeup of America since the Constitution was written. And they've always been a point of debate because of the way that we now regulate them. So they're state regulated, but they're, they're also federal laws. But in a lot of states, you can just, there's no legislation impeding you from getting a gun is essentially what is happening. And so these school shootings have really sparked a lot of people to not just advocate for better gun legislation, but also have mobilized people. I mean, we've had um, the Sandy Hook shooting which was incredibly sad like there is just no justification for the killing of children in a learning environment so with that said um, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up in my year in review is not only because it's extremely important to be able to mobilize around this issue but also to see what the Gen Zers do. I think that this was the first time that I saw, you know, and as the host of the Activist Hustle, where I get to interview millennials and Gen Zs, this was the time where I saw Gen Zs really organize in a way that had national impact. So if you remember, they were the ones who organized the March for Our Lives and held a nationwide voter registration tour, essentially, uh, which to me as an activist was extremely inspiring. And I thought they were laying down an example for people that were not just Gen Zers, but also laying down an example for adults as well. Second item that I want to talk about is the Trump administration family separation policy. Um, so there's two particular things that I want all of us to reflect on. And again, if you didn't know the issue, I summarized it a little bit earlier. But essentially what was happening is that when an uh, immigrant enters the United States um, without a visa or without proper documentation and they have children with them, essentially what happens is the adult gets arrested and put it into a center while they wait to be deported and the child gets sent back or vice versa. The child gets put into a center and the parent gets deported. And this has been happening since the Obama administration, but it never happened to the extent that it's been happening since Trump entered office and also didn't get the same media coverage. So the thing that I want to highlight about this issue is one, that how much influence the media has on what we care about and what we actually mobilize about. And I think that as activists, 
we like to think that we have, we are moved by what we're passionate about or the issues that we see in our community. But I think that there is true to be said that a lot of activism is moved by what they're seeing in the news. And so when this family separation policy happened, a lot of people were mobilized because of the amount of media coverage that was being taken. Um, and I just want to have all of you activists in there questioning what is happening right now that the media is not covering that I should or could be mobilizing for. So the second thing that I want to touch upon is the fact that this family separation policy sparked a lot of movement because people resonated with it. So this was one of the times where I saw people saying, I know what this would feel like if they took my child and therefore I'm going to move. And so I commend everybody who was moved by this and decided to do something, whether it was to call their legislators um, or to march in one of the uh, marches. But I also want to encourage everybody to think outside having to re directly relate to an issue. I think we see it a lot when it comes to women's movements or feminist movements where men stand and say, I have a sister, I have a mother, I have a daughter. And it does not take being able to directly relate to somebody to be an advocate or an activist. And I just want to make sure that I point that out, not to negate the the not to negate the intention of or spark the intention of these movements, but more just to highlight that there are so many other things that we don't quote unquote relate to, but that we can still be doing things about. So when I look at myself and my activism is who am I missing because I am not part of that um, group or what it, what is it that I am not doing and for what community just because I don't re directly relate to it. So the third thing that I want to talk about is the ongoing conflict in Yemen. Yemen is a country um, in the Middle East, right under Saudi Arabia, right next to Oman or Oman. And there are there is a humanitarian crisis happening in Yemen. Like there are about 85,000 children that have died because of extreme hunger since this war has begun. And I think that as activists, we like to think of ourselves as people who are like in the battle fighting against oppression or fighting against injustices. And we don't often think about how we contribute to it. But this very same scenario was happening in El Salvador and they had a civil war and, it, and it's happened in many other countries in the world where you have a civil war in an underdeveloped country or an under-resourced country and you have the U.S. come in and fund their military and whether it be to fight um, socialists or to fight rebels or to fight um, whatever the the actual narrative of that conflict is we always come the U.S. always comes in to support some type of military action and we don't actually think about what that means as U.S. citizens we have a say in this because our tax dollars are the ones that are actually funding these wars. So in El Salvador, for example, if we had stopped funding the civil war in El Salvador by year one, it would not have lasted 10 years. And here we are having the same thing happen where we see children in conditions that should not exist in 2018 in the world that we live in. Children who are dying due to hunger. Um, and we don't, and as activists, we rally and we fight and we don't really know how we're contributing into it with our dollars. 
this is particularly um, a win for me personally in terms of having people mobilized when it comes to legislation and because usually it goes unheard. So our interventions in Central America, our interventions in South America, our interventions in the conflict countries in Africa, like the DRC or Rwanda or Uganda, um, have usually go unheard by legislator, legislators. But this time, the House of Representatives said, we are not going to let this go unheard. And they actually um, passed the bill that said they would no longer fund the, the war that is happening in Yemen. And so that, I think, is a really big highlight of how the U.S. as a country and how us as activists have truly influenced our legislators um, to do something about the injustices that are happening in the world. And lastly, I want to talk about Ayanna Presley and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And these two in particular embody for me the change that is coming to our country when it comes to our government. And so they are part of the new progressive represent House of Representative um, Congresswomen. Uh, Alexandria Cortez was the woman that won her district in New York um, completely from like the left side, like came out of nowhere. She was the underdog. Every, she wasn't even, she didn't even have any media coverage when her campaign was running yet. She won the primary and then went on to uh, win her seat. Same with Ayanna Presley. Ayanna Presley, who is from where I'm from, which is Boston, was able to go up against uh, an incumbent who had been there for years, uh, who was liked, but was also not as progressive as the people really wanted. And I think that this was a midterm election that was for the books in terms of how diverse people were, uh, how diverse the candidates were, but also the amount of people that showed up to vote in these in this midterm was groundbreaking. And so that is kind of my fourth highlight and my reflection on that is I was actually reflecting this a couple of days ago where I was talking to someone saying when I was growing up as a Latina female, I didn't have a lot of people that represented me in different sectors. So there was like JLo and there was Gloria from Modern Family. And so my only two realistic options of what I could be when I grew up were to be a dancer or a, an actress. Um, and I think that for representation matters, having Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sitting in the House of Representatives and get the media coverage that she's getting, um, being the millennial that she is, like Instagramming her office and like making something that seems so inaccessible, um, so normal, uh, is it's like a breath of fresh air. Um, and in that breath that of fresh air that you inhale, like leaves a little hope inside of you. Um, same thing with Ayanna Presley, like having her be able to go from city council in Boston all the way to House of Representatives and be able to advocate for the things that she wants and be able to be her full self and bring her full self to the House of Representatives and have it not be this like very elite group of people and like a secret, you know, process to how they do things has really made goals like becoming a, a congresswoman, something that other people like me can aspire to be. And so that is my reflection when it comes to the 2018 year in review. Um, 
And I think the big part about it is personally, a lot of things, a lot of these things hit close to home. So like I mentioned, the war in Yemen was very similar to the war in El Salvador. And I go to El Salvador every year or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez being a congresswoman is, you know, I've always wanted to get into politics, but I've been extremely intimidated by both the process and, and the secrecy of it. Um, having the Parkland shooting happen and having students mobilized hits really close to home because I still consider myself like a young person um, and often find myself feeling like I'm just one person and what nobody's going to listen to me because I'm young um, or I, they just dismiss me because of such. But all of these things have actually really, really kind of propelled my activism or like put my activism into another gear, um, which brings me to 2019. So there's a lot going on in our world. And I think that my activist resolutions um, are going to be summed up into two. My first activist resolution has to do with what is happening to our earth. So our planet is dying. We are killing our planet. We are making our planet um, a place that is not sustainable for life. And this is the time to be doing something. So it, it, we haven't gotten to the point yet where people are saying like, oh, there's no turning back. Like time to start looking at other planets for where we live. And often we don't think about this because it's not affecting us directly. Um, I mean, some of us are not seeing seasons or some of us are getting snow in October. And that's like as far as you're truly affected by it on a personal level. But if we think about what we want to leave, and when I think about the legacy that I want to leave for this world, I definitely want to feel like I've contributed um, to the longevity of life in our, on Earth. So my first activist resolution is going to be to reduce the amount of waste that I produce in this world. And that's from the plastic that I use to the food that I eat. Um, and so that is what I'm going to be focusing on in 2019. The second activist resolution that I have for um, 2019 is to continue to uplift voices, but also to just start doing things. Um, all of the things that I mentioned earlier, the Alexandrias, the Emma Gonzalez, the people who called all their legislators and got them to vote um, against funding this war in Yemen, all of the people who uh, advocate for the immigrants that are at the border right now got up and did it. And I think that often I, again, find myself thinking like, I'm just one person or I'm doing too much. Like that, that place is not for me or I'm intimidated by it. And I think that 2019 is the year where you just let all of that go and you just do it um, as you try to uplift others and follow the footsteps of our, all these other great activists. Um, I think that carrying the, the burden of if I don't do it, if I do it, I open the door for others. And if I don't, that's a door that could have been opened that isn't. Um, and I don't want to carry that. So those are my two activist resolutions. Thank you so much for joining us in this special interim activist hustle episode. I hope you feel like you know all of us a little bit better now. The thing is, we want to know you a little bit better too. Do you have any activist resolutions for 2019? Is there a way you can step up your game, something new you want to get involved with or a risk you want to take? Share it with us. You might even hear it here at the end of these very special episodes. 
All you have to do is record a voice note on your phone and send it to theactivisthustle at gmail.com with the subject activist resolutions and keep an eye out for season two. In the meantime, we'll close with a few bonus resolutions. Hello, my name is Angelica Maria and my 2019 activist resolution is to believe in women. To me, that yields a few different actions. So for me to say that I wholeheartedly believe in women and actively believe in women, to me means investing in the work of independent women artists. To me, that means supporting women-run organizations, women-run businesses um, to a higher level than I have. Um, And I want to set that standard for myself. And then I think also to commit to believing in women also means to commit to believing in myself. So to commit to my own dreams and my own purpose and living a life that is in alignment with that. Um, And in turn, I think that upholds the dreams and the purposes of other women as well. I think that's always um, interconnected. Um, and that's a big, really big resolution for one year. That's That will take more than one year. But I think the starting of it and the committing to it is um, incumbent, extremely important. So that is what I have for you. Hi, everyone. My name is Tariana Little. Congrats to the Activist Hustle on a very successful season one and more seasons to come. For activists out there, my resolution for you guys and something that I'm also going to um, take to heart is that I want us all to think about our unique contributions, our unique skills and values, and to try to design our life and our activism around that and not to judge ourselves by what other people are doing, to not measure our worth by the successes or failures of other people, but really to stay in our lane and do the best that we personally can. I just want to give a special thanks to Angelica Maria and Tariana Little for their resolutions. Remember to send us yours at theactivisthustle at gmail.com or share them with us on Instagram or Facebook under the hashtag activistresolutions. See you later.